What's happening? Good Friday morning, December 18th, 2020. Okay, things are things are at a boiling point. It's been a couple days, my apologies, but each day there's more to add and then there's been changes and I have been incredibly busy and tied up trying to get through the holidays and manage all of this information for you. I think I have a pretty good breakdown to share. Today is a huge day. The The date is significant, December 18th. And regarding an executive order I have mentioned, I haven't gone into detail for a reason. One, I didn't want to get people's hopes up because when discussing foreign interference in the election, you can't ignore the executive order Donald Trump signed into law, essentially, but really, I mean, it's it's an executive order, so it's something that can go away uh, as soon as he's out of office, but right now it stands, and this was in December of 2018, shortly after the midterm elections. The timing is not a coincidence, okay? And there have been rumors for a while now, more than just rumors, I mean, fairly credible accusations that the 2018 midterms had fraudulent influences across the board. And I'd like to think that that was a clear indication for Trump, for his team, for Republicans, and the ones in the know realized they didn't have a press to support allegations at the time. They didn't have probably the evidence they needed, right? I mean, these are things when you discover them after the fact, you know, we're talking maybe a month or two later, imagine what kind of evidence is already eliminated by these crooks and what's probably already happened now with the 2020 presidential election and other elections such as, you know, I take, I think one of the uh, Senate elections in Michigan, John James, the Republican who lost, and he's already conceded, but he waited. And it really doesn't matter if we find fraud and can prove it, but, you know, it's going to be harder. You know, the, the Congress can't you know, can't meet in the electors or the House delegates, for instance, from each state can't, you know, can't make the decision to fix these Senate elections. In particular, in particular for John James, who I believe won in Michigan, along with Donald Trump. So moving along that and, and leaving that on the table for now, that's, you know, something that hopefully is discussed in another month, but I think it's too late for any senator who was cheated. I really do. I don't know how how that can be rectified uh, constitutionally. So we'll talk about that executive order. Today's deadline, right? We are 45 days from November 3rd per Donald Trump's executive order, the one I've just mentioned. It is the deadline for the uh, director of national intelligence, a guy named Ratcliffe. He has a report due today. Now you probably read and probably heard that they are running late. There's speculation that as they were putting this report together, it's per the executive order, the DNI has 45 days, the Director of National Intelligence, to complete an assessment, right? So this is looking at all the fraudulent accusations from the digital side, you know, the voting tabulators to um, any kind of counting that in, really it's focusing not on the cheating a lot of the lawsuits are focusing on, but really on the foreign impact, right? And when you read the executive order, it covers everything from tabulation machines to information technology and digital infrastructure, when you read it, you know, when you read it now in December of 2020, it does look like Trump and his team 
had a time machine, saw what happened in on November 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, and so on. They saw it and went back in time and wrote the perfect executive order to give the president the power to combat this. And I think they realized then, of course, time machines aside and how fantastic that would be, right? But it does look like they knew something, and I've got to assume it was based on both the 2016 election or maybe just the 2018. But the executive order was signed by Trump on December 12th, 2018, right? Now he has this power at his hand um, to impose heavy sanctions. And I'm going to try to summarize this for you, but basically for anybody who cheated in a digital manner, right? Anybody that has any kind of foreign influence, anybody domestically who helped or aided or abetted or essentially ignored and could have done something, but ignored foreign interference or foreign influence uh, of any kind in this election, uh, these sanctions allow Trump to essentially shut down their assets, right? To put them in a freezer, so if you're thinking of Twitter, it could be them. Facebook could be Zuckerberg. Dominion, a Canadian company. When you read the executive order, it's very clear that foreign means foreign. So we're not just talking about China, who, by the way, is clearly involved. And it's already been leaked and shared to CBS. Um, Catherine Herridge, who used to be with Fox News, Catherine Herridge had a quick interview with the director of national intelligence, Ratcliffe, and he said China was involved. Now, the report's not going to be presented today to Trump. I've been debating with people whether or not he needs it. I thought because of the required evidence, he would need it, but there's already so much evidence. And I don't think, you know, constitutionally, there's no requirement for the president to execute executive powers that the DNI provide a report or the Senate Intelligence Committee or the FBI, so on and so on. There's nothing written that requires Trump to wait for it. He gave them the 45 days and there will be a report they're expecting early January. I've got to think that's too late. And I do believe that Trump puts himself at risk to constitutional challenges if he lets today's deadline pass. But I don't know. And I think that's something attorneys would debate. Why leave it up to debate? Hell, why would you want to put something like this in the hands of the U.S. Supreme Court the way they've behaved in recent weeks? And we'll talk about these court decisions and what's going on. And of course, a court win is great if we can get one that's meaningful. But I think it's very clear that judges from the lower circuits all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court do not want to touch this. This is a nuclear issue. It is something that the left can easily spin into racism and disenfranchisement. And judges are not immune to want to be seen as woke. And I include in that assessment Chief Justice John Roberts, who's proven to be a complete shill and a failure. Thank you, George W. Bush, for that one. And so moving from that, I don't think Trump or any of us, ironically, using the right term, will receive any justice from any judge that is definitive, right? So even some of these favorable rulings like the Wisconsin Supreme Court, 
regarding um, the indefinite confined status, right? We talked about this a couple days ago. There is absolutely no remedy they provided that is clear or in any way helpful to Trump's campaign. So they said it was wrong. They said those people should not be allowed to use indefinite confined status based on COVID and that the election officials were not allowed to determine COVID as something that would restrict someone's ability to vote to a degree that they could be deemed indefinitely confined. It is a very um, strict, very clear designation that only involved a few hundred people in the last major election, and now it's over 200,000. It's shady. On top of that, there are 200,000 people who voted in Wisconsin, absentee ballot, who did not submit a written request, which is required by their law, or at least there is no written request for those ballots to be found. Well, the Supreme Court threw that election, threw that challenge out completely. They are not, that's the Wisconsin Supreme Court. These judges are not going to designate votes illegal and give direction to anyone to not count them. That's where I'm going here. So if that was our hope, I don't see it happening. And it's the same. Re- so if I take that logic and we look at the Parnell and Kelly lawsuit, the, the legal um, uh, case that is with the Supreme Court now from Pennsylvania, essentially is um, calling all of their universal mail-in ballots uh, after a certain time, especially after 8 p.m. on November 3rd, but really based on that Article 77 we've talked about, they're going after about 1.4 million votes, which were illegal. If you look at their constitution in Pennsylvania and the U.S. Constitution, those votes should not count legally. The Supreme Court's not even going to take the case, in my opinion. They still haven't taken it. It's docketed there. Other cases from Sidney Powell have been docketed at the Supreme Court. One was essentially delayed until January 14th to be potentially heard. I mean, they're just not going to touch it. And this was involving the Dominion machines. This was involving um, the independent report and forensic audit provided in Michigan earlier this week. That was on Monday, that breaking news showing 68% error rate in Antrim County. All of those which were adjudicated, meaning a human being decided the intent of the voter and that these vote scans, these ballot scans were essentially sent somewhere. They could have been in a room next door. They could have been in Germany. There's no way to tell right now. They're still trying to find that information. But coincidentally, all the logs from November 3rd and November 4th were gone. But every log from every other election, not just this one, from every other date and time was still present and still forensically available on those, I believe it was 16 machines they audited, forensically audited in Antrim County. You got to be kidding me. Obviously, they knew they basically bleach, bit, wiped, acid washed about a 24, 40 hour period, right? Which would have told us even more, but it told us enough and it should tell the Supreme Court enough. They're not going to touch it. Okay. So, you know, it's really falling on the other two branches of government, okay? In the beginning, I thought the judicial branch was going to be what exposed the fraud, right? I mean, these are criminal actions, and even in these civil cases, these were opportunities for judges to assist the plaintiff, right? Trump's team, Sidney Powell, Lynn Wood, Parnell, Kelly, the plaintiffs assist them 
in further finding or fact-finding and investigating the potential fraud based on the evidence they presented. Well, we're not going to get that. However, the good news is these state legislatures are fighting this. So we'll, we'll go over these court cases and then we'll close. We'll come back to what I'm hoping happens today. Because two things did happen today with the executive order, or at least related to it. And this is big. One, the Secretary of Defense, the acting Secretary of Defense, right? This is the, the military guy that replaced Esper, Trump's guy, canceled all transition defense transition meetings with the Biden campaign. It was a big deal today. So that has to be per Trump's direction. It can't be a coincidence that this happened on December 18th. Also not a coincidence at 3.30 Eastern today. Okay, so in like five hours, Trump, or actually only three now, right? Trump and the Secretary of Defense are meeting, all right? So these guys have a meeting today, and um, the the acting SecDef is a guy named Chad Miller, and they're meeting at the Oval Office at 3.30 Eastern. So follow that. Chad Miller, acting Secretary of Defense, cancels all of today's and all the future meetings, the transition meetings, right, where intel is shared, high-level uh, Department of Defense information shared, all the defense-related transition meetings today and forthcoming were canceled with the Biden campaign. Now he's got a meeting with Trump at 3.30 Eastern on the day, the deadline for Trump's executive order, which would allow him to impose major sanctions onto domestic and foreign companies that were involved in allowing or permitting any kind of foreign interference in the election. So we have to watch the news on that today. In parallel, right, going on at the same time, we have the judicial and legislature battles going on. So you put the president over there, his third branch of government is doing what he can. Now we have Arizona, which has been, as far as the Republicans go across the country, the Arizona state Republicans, their state Senate, their state assembly, has been nothing short of heroic in forging forward through all of the resistance, all of the cheating, all of the things that are trying to, all the people that are trying to block them. They held more hearings they looked at more Dominion data, and based on the evidence, they subpoenaed all the Dominion machines, all the ballot images, all the USB cards, everything from Maricopa County. That's really the only county that matters in Arizona. That's Phoenix. It's over 4 million people, 4 million votes in that one county, right? Now, their deadline to allow all of the access required by this subpoena from the state Senate is today as well. As I last checked, they weren't acting on it, but they're supposed to have provided all of it by today. So watch that news, right? I mean, Arizona is only a 10,000 vote difference. So they're freaking out in Maricopa County. It's a, you know, it's a blue county as far as its supervisors. And there are some Republicans on their county board of supervisors and they are trying to comply. But there's a slow play here. And that's what we're going to see. Even when we get any kind of legal action from the judicial side or a legal subpoena from the legislative side, which this was from their state Senate, one of their committees. It, it has to be enforced. It has to be followed. But these Democrats are going to slow play it. They're going to delay it. They're under the thinking that if they can get to now the next deadline, which is January 5th, when the U.S. Congress essentially confirms the electors for Joe Biden, that's the big deadline they need to get to, right? It's really 
after that, it becomes near impossible, not impossible, but very, very difficult to make take any action that would stop Joe Biden from being inaugurated on January 20th. So this is not the only subpoena. Michigan has also done the same thing. Based on the Antrim County results, based on more hearings this week, Michigan, their state Senate, they have a committee. This was the um, one led by Lucido. This was the hearing you saw the hearing a couple weeks ago that got very heated with all of the witnesses, the election workers and people, the volunteers. They have now ordered the largest two counties, Detroit and I think it's Livonia, to, uh, to share and turn over their Dominion machines, their USB cards, all of the data, right? Big fight going on there. We, we know, especially Detroit, based on, if you remember that representative Johnson, who's one of the state representatives, the lady that represents the Detroit area, and how evil she was, how cruel she was. And she's, been, she's also been um, sanctioned and shut down based on a video she released, essentially telling terrorists to rise up. I don't know how else to define it. You can find it. I can't remember her first name. I think it starts with a C, but her last name's Johnson, African-American woman, an absolute um, just nightmare that someone like this sits in any kind of legislative position. So that t- those people, right, the people with her standpoint, her views are the ones that Trump's team, his legal team is going to try to get these Dominion systems from, right? All of this hard data, hard evidence to go through based on the Antrim County results, and you know that's not going to be easy. They might just outright defy it, go through the governor, go through the um, Michigan Secretary of State, and do what they can to avoid it. This is the same state who had a governor earlier this week on the deadline for selecting electors block, use state troopers to block the Republicans from accessing the hearing, where in the hearing they, they sang the Black National Anthem. We don't need to go over that again because we know it's ridiculous and it's bizarre world stuff. But that's going on in Michigan. They're trying. The legislatures are trying in these states just to get access to the data. They're simply fact-finding. They're simply conducting an investigation, and they're finding evidence, right? We see the, the word baseless no longer being used by the media. Now it's just one of these things where it's about dignity and Trump should, should concede, where Stacey Abrams who lost to Kemp in Georgia for the governor's race in 2018. She never conceded. Hillary Clinton never conceded, right? I mean, this is insane that all of a sudden Trump has to abide by some standard set by his enemies. And it's not going to happen, right? We're, we, we, we see the opposite. He is going to fight and use everything within his grasp and within his power to ensure that as many people who currently today don't realize that this election was fraudulent, will realize that after he's done. And then the point is, no matter how he does it, is to get as much evidence as he can so that Congress, right, the House of Representatives and the Senate can block, can can essentially trigger a two-hour debate in both houses of Congress on January 5th, right? Normally, the electors are submitted and Congress confirms, and the vice president, who is the president of the Senate, Mike Pence, would sign off. I think the play right now is to get whatever legal win he can, but also get as much legislative-based evidence, right, between now and January 5th, 
so that he can help Mike Pence say, you know what, this election's compromised. And remember, in parallel to this, if Trump pulls the trigger on the executive order, he will have federal power to seize, I believe, whatever the hell he wants. So right now, he has legal backing from legislatures, legislative bodies in Arizona and Michigan to seize Dominion machines. When Big Daddy has the DOJ, right, who will have a new leader come December 24th, bar stepping down, and the guy sitting in for him, his name's Rosen, he has cybersecurity expertise on the legal side. But with this executive order, whenever Trump pulls the trigger, I'm hoping today, but you don't know when, he's going to do it. I, I just, everything shows that he has plenty to do so. He will now have federal authority, FBI agents who will finally have nobody blocking them from working. The DOJ will have no, no choice but to follow this executive order. And the seizing will commence, right? I don't care who you think you are in Michigan, Governor Whitmer. When the FBI comes, nobody cares, right? Nobody cares about your pantsuit, right? About your illegal power per your own Supreme Court or about how woke you are or how guilty of a white woman you are. Nobody cares. The FBI won't care. U.S. Marshals won't care. They will take what they want and they won't even leave a note, okay? So that's happening if he pulls the trigger on that executive order. They're taking it and it's everything will be federally controlled, right? You will see companies like Dominion completely unable to operate. They will be shut down. Their bank accounts, anything residing in the U.S. per this executive order is frozen. Any and all assets. It no longer will exist for them. That happens. The, I mean, it is literally a short fuse when he lights it. The action will happen quickly. And so what, what are we looking for is more evidence quickly gathered, right? Things that we should have seen 30 days ago to a point where Mike Pence and the House of Representatives Republicans and the U.S. Senate Republicans can easily say this election was compromised. And Pence, who will go down in history, uh, will not sign off on the election. I mean, that is within his power. And if he does it, it goes to the House of Representatives via delegates from each state, one from each state. And as I understand it, on January 5th, it actually improves for Trump. It's a 30-20, right? Each state having one, 30-20 advantage for Donald Trump. It gives him a buffer if some of the um, state houses who could send a Republican delegate for Trump actually buckle and send a Democrat. But remember, you've got Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Arizona already pulling strong through the legislative process. And you've got all of these states, except for Michigan, because they were blocked from doing so. But all of these contested battleground states, including Arizona, that were called for Biden by the media, they sent alternate electors. So they've indicated what they will do if Pence sends this to the delegates. And that is going to be an absolute <laughs> daisy cutter bomb if that drops have food stored, don't have to go anywhere for at least a couple weeks. If we get to that, it's going to be nasty. It will be legal. And I now believe it's what is right. There's no way anybody 
who's looked at a third, a fifth of this evidence can tell me this election can be trusted. But I do think Trump needs to keep gathering. I think he needs more damning evidence. You can't just you can't get to that point for Pence on January 5th with what we have now. We, we need to add more. And there will be some way this is shared with people. It can, it'll be ignored by many. And this will never be. I mean, there will never be a time, no matter what evidence is revealed. And I mean, no matter what. I mean, these people would ignore pictures of sex acts by Jeff Epstein with children, if it meant helping Donald Trump, they would ignore it. That is the sinister nature of the press, and I'm going to say the majority of the Democrats in power. They do not care about what is right. They only care about maintaining power along with defeating Donald Trump. They're drunk with it. They're insane with it. And Trump derangement syndrome is not just some funny thing we mentioned to troll the left. It's a real thing. And the people suffering from it are the ones who deny suffering from it the most. And when you mention it to them, and feel free to do it once in a while, they will actually, in their denial of being of, of being sufferers of TDS, they'll actually look incredibly insane, right? Those suffering from Trump derangement syndrome never deny it in a sane fashion. It's just an easy accusation to make. Don't argue with them. Their response, let them go. And it's going to be peak Beyond anything we've ever seen, beyond 2016 when Trump won, beyond his inauguration when people were out screaming and making themselves memes for years, deservingly so, uh, this is going to be way worse. It's going to be violent. I'm okay with that. We're going to have to bite, you know, bite our tongues, swallow the blood, bite the bullet, whatever analogy you want to use, whatever metaphor, it's going to be it. And we have to do it because it's what's right. And unfortunately, our judicial system is not taking that stance. They are taking the stance that they do not want to have the reaction that scares them. They are allowing themselves to be bullied, to be threatened into ignoring what is probably the most important set of cases they could hear in their courts. And that's okay. Our founding fathers designed this so that it wouldn't fall solely on one branch of government because we've lost one, in my opinion. The judicial branch is long gone here. I have absolutely no faith or interest, really, in following um, really what the Supreme Court's doing now. They have made themselves, to me, um, a completely irrelevant branch of government. I mean, there's another case from Wisconsin that's going there. These people, um, you know, will not, they won't look at it. Right. There's one, the one from Michigan they've delayed. There's another one from Georgia that was docketed. They're not going to hear it. They're just not. And if they are forced to take one more, they'll find a way to rule against Trump. They'll find a way. Or they won't make a ruling. They'll basically just kick it back down to lower courts so they can make sure they get past a date that would force them into making a judgment and offering a remedy that would cancel any votes. They're not going to do it. And they're setting a precedent now. If we were to let this go, then why does any state, Democrat or Republican, have to follow election laws directed by their constitutions moving forward? They didn't this time. So the Supreme Court has given every secretary of state and every governor a free pass to change their elections anytime before votes start. Hell, they could probably do it after. And what what we don't what I didn't realize in this I thought this was just a Pennsylvania thing. 
Many years ago, in, in the case of Pennsylvania, it was 1938, these state legislators voted to give their power, right, their constitutional power to control elections, the date, time, place, manner, all of that. They gave it over to the state secretaries of state, just like they did in Pennsylvania. This is the case, I believe, in just about all 50 states. So right now, for them to really exercise it, they have to pass a resolution or something on their floor to take it back, right? I don't know if it's just laziness. It was just something that made it easier. Well, they're getting burned for it, right? And they, they can't just say, well, it was ours originally. Well, they, they've passed legislate, legislation to give it to these secretaries of state. So they have to pass something to take it back. Well, right now, these bodies aren't meeting. I believe all of them come back per their own constitutions January 5th. So they're relying on Democrat governors in most cases or anti-Trumpers or just cowards in the case of Brian Kemp in Georgia. He's a complete coward. Same with his secretary of state. They're both Republicans in name only. They have to rely on them to call these emergency sessions, right? That's the way I understand it. I mean, they probably could do it on their own. And some of these Republicans like Cutler in Pennsylvania, who's their house leader of their state, um, assembly, he's afraid. They don't want somebody, it's not just judges that don't want to touch this. A lot of politicians don't either. I mean, hell, Mitch McConnell has already congratulated Joe Biden. And this is the whole China thing, right? And in he's got his wife is from China. There's allegations now that McConnell had Dominion help in his election this go round on November 3rd. And he was up for reelection. A lot of money was dumped into uh, to removing him. He's not the most popular guy nationally and I can't see him you know as we go through an anti-swamp drain the swamp movement across the country I'm surprised he won or I mean I'm surprised he won so significantly and there have been people that have performed an analysis in all of the counties in Kentucky that show similar or even higher anomalies than what Biden showed in some counties I mean like 200 percent turnout uh, voting shares that just defy reality in favor of Mitch McConnell and here he is wanting to, two days ago, just walk away from it, right? Ignore the evidence and, and put Biden in. When you start digging into the Chinese Communist Party, when you start looking at the 56,000 plus Americans in American companies that were on that list that was leaked, right? On the Chinese Communist Party list, you realize how deep a, gra a grasp they have on the United States. Communists always do. That's how they work. They get people on the payroll and then they leverage them. Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, that case isn't going away. You, right now, what you're seeing with China is an expose like none other in the history of our country. It's gradual because we don't have a press that allows themselves to care because this does involve Republicans and Democrats, but it looks like, I mean, it's pretty clear, many more Democrats like Eric Swalwell, the POS douche representative who tried to run for president out of the Northern California area, Eric Swalwell was completely, uh, um, you know, turned by a Chinese agent who happens to be an attractive female. They call her Fang Fang. He's in dozens of pictures with her. There's all kinds of evidence leaked about their relationship and he's being allowed to just ignore it. I mean, he's on the House Intelligence Committee. McConnell has a Chinese wife. Brian Kemp, I mean, there's, you got pictures and video of Brian Kemp, the governor of Georgia, meeting with Chinese delegates. There's commercial and marketing videos about growing with China and business relationships. I mean, 
the Chinese communists do not just do business with you. They make you business partners for life or just partners. And if there is anything you give them that could compromise you, they will always use it. They will leverage it. They will hold it over your head. Like a golfer, you tell a golfer, hey, in the next 18 holes, I'm going to scream at some point in your backswing, but I'm not going to tell you when. Well, of course, you don't do it. The threat alone that you are going to scream at any moment while they're swinging will hang over that that golfer's head the entire game and ruin it. Why would you do it? If you say you only do it once and you can do it any time, you wouldn't do it on the first or second hole. You'd do it late if you even do it at all. Let it hang, right? Well, that's what, the, that's what the communists do. That's what the Soviets did. They get some dirt, they compromise you, and then they leverage you. You essentially become their agent. And if you think thousands of leaders, political and business or otherwise in the United States, are not in that situation, you're crazy because you don't understand how the communists work. I do. This is how they operate. You can read about it. The chai comms are no different. And that is starting to be exposed. It's going to take some time but that is going to happen. And it likely involves, as of today, the president-elect. I mean, that Sinohop case, I mean, they've got now not only the Delaware case against Hunter Biden, but the FBI is also investigating him in Pennsylvania, I believe. There's another case, totally not related. I mean, the guy was crooked as a dog's hind leg. And you now have an email where someone in China is imploring to get Joe Biden involved. I mean, it's like, and when, when Hunter refers to the Biden family and relationships with the Biden family, no one on the other end cares about Hunter or Joe Biden's brother, Jim, or the self-anointed Dr. Jill. I mean, what a bunch of psychos. It's all about Joe, who was the vice president at the time. That is access. That is power. That is all the communists care about. So thank God for uh, Tony Bobolinsky, the man who exposed it. I'm glad Joe Biden was dumb enough to accuse him of essentially being a Russian conspirator because that's what ticked Bobolinsky off, who's a Democrat, who's wealthy, who doesn't need money, who didn't want to go through this. That case is in play. They've been investigating Hunter Biden, Hunter Biden since 2018. There are more and more cases that will be opened up related to China. And this solar winds hack, you know, we talk about the DNI report not being ready today. Well, solar winds is this software suite Right, and they essentially provide um, data management. And I, I'm not going to get too IT with this, not that I can, but they're based in Austin. They were raided by um, the FBI and Texas Rangers earlier this week. And there's a lot of speculation that the DNI report is delayed because they're getting so much evidence out of out of that Solar Winds um, server hack, right? Because so many companies, including Dominion, used Solar Winds. Right, and their CEO denied using the SolarWinds Oracle suite uh, in that hearing where he lied his ass off earlier this week. But there are in the code. I mean, you can see it. There are screenshots. There's actual code provided in the archive. So even though Dominion has wiped any any version of their website that shows SolarWinds as their support, there's archive data from their website that shows that SolarWinds was very much a part of how things operated at Dominion. It's indisputable. It cannot be refuted. So no matter what this guy says, it's a joke because he also said their machines cannot get Internet con connectivity. But then this guy Krebs, who's the former cybersecurity uh, director in Department of Homeland Security, he couldn't outright deny it. Right. He's not just some CEO from a private company. He worked for the government. It can get real dangerous for him, even though he's not currently sitting in that position. He didn't deny 
that these machines could be connected to the internet. Uh, he just tried to sidestep and get the hell out of Dodge during that hearing, but he was there. That was in Michigan. And that's all that led to Michigan now seizing those machines. I mean, they saw plenty of evidence. Um, you know, again, today's massive, right? It's December 18th. Um, let's see what happens with Trump. Uh, there's, you know, Georgia is is in the fight of its life right now. As of right now, those Senate runoffs are on January 5th. Nobody in any Georgia court is going to provide any relief that changes that election as it's compared to November 3rd. What I'm saying is in Georgia, Trump knows this. I, I don't think there's a, a chance in hell that either Republican wins in Georgia on January 5th. I want to tell you that right now. I think they have a 0% chance. If you're looking at polls, you've lost your mind. Stop. I don't care that they're Trafalgar and ones that were close to being accurate last time. Even Traf uh, Trafalgar's guys will tell you they can't factor in cheating. And here's a stat for you. On November 3rd, 1.3 million absentee ballots were counted to give Joe Biden the win. Already, there have been 1.6 million absentee votes cast and collected for the Senate runoff on January 5th. That's all Stacey Abrams. There's no way, okay? The Republicans like me, right? Trump supporters are already dejected. If I'm in Georgia, I'm not sure I'm voting on January 5th. I've told you that before. I mean, how much time am I going to spend of my day, of my valuable time, waiting in line for something that isn't going to matter? Because right now, guys, I don't think voting is worth a moment of my time. I no longer believe in the sanctity of our country. I am no longer somebody who claims to be in any proud way an American. Okay, I'm going to tell you that right now. If there was a way I could rescind my citizenship and not have to leave the country, I probably would consider it. I am not proud of being an American right now. I am beyond disappointed and dejected to how our system has responded to evidence. And I'm not saying I need to get my way. I just want a fair day in court. I want to see people show some integrity and some backbone and actually care about the Constitution. Right now, I don't think anybody does. So what is the U.S. Constitution? Something to die for? Yeah, if I think, I mean, I'm telling you right now, when it comes down to it, if there's a chance to go that way, I'm in. It's worth fighting for. Right now, I'm not seeing the right people do it. All we have is Donald Trump and some people around him. Thank God. But overall... It, this idea that voting is something, some privilege, why? Thousands and thousands of fraudulent votes in, votes in counties across the country inserted into the system, that's thousands and thousands of us who don't matter, wiped away. And they're going to go ahead and do it the same way on January 5th in Georgia? What does that tell me? It tells me they don't care. They don't care about my vote. What am I going to do? Do something that they don't care about that doesn't count to them because I happen to be a Republican and I don't agree with them? That's tyranny. I'm not fighting that with a vote, okay? I'm not interested in fighting that legally, to be frank with you. If this continues, that's what civil wars are for. And if we don't step up and make sure that is a reality that we will consider, then none of this will stop. Because they use threats against us. They're bullying us. They use the threat of riots, looting, all of these things, calling us a racist to leverage us to follow them. I'm not interested in that. And if we have to fight fire with fire, giddy up. Second Amendment still runs, right? We're still good there. Lots of guns being sold in California. It's not for home self-defense. Not entirely.
So if you're asking me to tell people their best way to fight is vote in an election that is already compromised using machines and tabulators from a company that was clearly compromised, don't waste your time. You got We got a few weeks, what, two and a half? For somebody to get something done to make me think that that election on January 5th will be different. Because it means a lot, right? It means a lot to both sides. It's the control of the Senate. So if it means a lot to the Democrats, what are they willing to do? Well, we already know. We saw it on November 3rd. That meant a lot to them, and they cheated their asses off. Do you think because some people have been caught, they learned their lesson and are afraid? Stacey Abrams is the epitome of the entitled, angry politician. Anybody who disagrees with her is racist or sexist. If you point anything out about her, you're, that's what it is. It's like Obama when he first won. You're not allowed to disagree or challenge Stacey Abrams. And there's a case, there's an investigation that the Secretary of State has lodged against Stacey Abrams for harvesting her groups, for harvesting ballots illegally. Where do you think that's going to go? It's going to disenfranchise voters. That's what they're going to say. It ain't going anywhere. That was Raffenberger throwing some red meat to Republicans trying to get us off his ass. It didn't work. But that's what's going to go down. So that investigation is not changing anything. The ballots have been harvested. 1.6 million. How many do you think of those are for Biden when they were brought and part of a campaign for, for Stacey Abrams? Apparently, she registered 40,000 new voters in a month since the last election. Per their law in Georgia, you can't vote in the runoff if you didn't vote in the election on November 3rd. Do you think Stacey Abrams gives a damn? No, because we're all racist. And because this is like reparations, they say it themselves. This is essentially what they're allowed to do, not follow the rules. They don't care. They don't care about our laws. So why are we following them to a T to compete with them? They don't care. As soon as you take your eyes off the board, they're putting the queen back on. They're adding pieces. They cheat. They'll always cheat. They have to be afraid, like our Republicans are who have been cowards my entire life and were cowards until Donald Trump came along. So we can't abandon him. And I hope he takes this action today and I hope it involves the military. And I hope it upsets the other side and I hope they feel a little bit of fear and concern because there's nothing like a little bit of fear when you actually think you're going to get caught doing something wrong. I remember it as a kid. The moment you realize you're going to get caught and there's no way getting out, it's a bad feeling. Let's give that to them. Let's ruin their Christmas, right? Let's make those bastards afraid. And it's not something we can just sit by and watch. I'm telling you, people are ready to defend their constitution. They're ready, okay? People are ready across the country. This is different. We're not talking protests anymore because look what happened in D.C. last week. They protested. We had peaceful uh, demonstrations, massive amounts of people in D.C. And as soon as the sun went down, the Antifa, scumbag, black block, Black Lives Matter organizers attacked and brutalized innocent people while they're trying to eat dinner or go back to their hotel rooms. Are we going to keep doing that? Are we going to keep depending on groups like the Proud Boys to thug it out for us? Who, by the way, aren't white supremacists? A little swirly and a little bit nuts sometimes, but they love this country. And they're, they're I mean, who else is going to defend you? Because the police don't but they'll block you from accessing a legislative hearing when you just want to vote. They'll do that. 
the oath breakers they are. Not all of them, but it's starting to tip the wrong way. And of course, these cops, when they're out there for those riots, they're not empowered by anybody. When you're dealing with Democrat mayors, like you are in D.C., Portland, Seattle, these guys are on their own. Most of them are good dudes. But they're under-equipped. The manpower's low. They're dejected. They're retiring and leaving in droves. So who's going to fight? Because I'm going to give it some more time going the right way. Trump's got an executive order. But my tone's going to change considerably if we keep losing to cheaters. So let's watch. Let's see what happens because they now have China on their side. Okay? They've got a communist party with 1.8 billion people in their country backing them, the Democrats, because they hate Trump, right? That's their alliance. China is, they don't like any American, but the enemy of their enemy is their friend. And Donald Trump's enemy certainly is everybody on the left. They all hate him. China is exploiting that. They have made deals, they have made relationships, and they have taken actions, we will see in this report when it does come out, to undermine and influence and defraud our elections, right? That's what they've done. And they were allowed to, and it's being ignored by Democrats. They know it happened. There are plenty of Democrats in Congress that can access the truth that they wanted to. They don't. They just want Trump gone. They will sell their soul. That's the advantage they have over us is they're willing to take this further than Republicans are, right? Democrats are taking a lot further. They're willing to cheat. They'll scratch. They'll crawl. They'll bite to get rid of Donald Trump. And we'll keep going to court. I love you, Cindy Powell. I love you, Lynn Wood. But it's it's getting boring, right? It's getting boring to see you upset when the courts do what we know they're going to do and is ignore you. All that hard work, all that blood, sweat, and tears is not going to get a day in court. It's it, the only thing they can do now is get enough, keep gathering evidence and get it to the legislatures. Work with the DNI, work with the FBI when they finally really get involved. That's where the value is on what Sidney Powell and Lynn Wood and all these attorneys have done, in my opinion. Is they have, they're not going to get anywhere in court, but they're getting just enough done like they have with some of the judges, like in Michigan, like in Arizona, who have said, okay, let's subpoena these things. They finally gotten that. But that's all, they're, that's all they're getting is evidence. No one's going to, in the courts, are going to come back and take the evidence and make a decision. That's going to be left up to the state legislatures. There's no way getting around that. I mean, the U.S. Senate had a hearing, and I'll close with this, right? Um, Rand Paul and Ron Johnson were absolutely fantastic. They're going to continue the hearings. I think they might be going on today. But it's clear, and again, this feeds the executive order and the potential of, of Mike Pence rejecting the electors is you've got the U.S. Senate Republicans now coming together, at least a couple of them, a few of them. <clears throat> Ted Cruz is great. Lindsey Graham is finally getting back in, back involved. But Ron Johnson and Rand Paul made it very clear, without a doubt, that this election was fraudulent. Again, that is more evidence for Trump, right? He's got the Senate committees now. I believe that one was the, um, which the, I'm drawing a blank, but Ron Johnson's the head of the committee. I think it might be the House. It's not the House in, or the Senate intel, but Ron Johnson was it was absolutely incredible. He's fighting for Trump. He's fighting for us. So we're seeing some good out of this, right? And if they keep gathering evidence, they keep putting people under oath in front of the U.S. Senate, they're going to get more and more out of it. It's really, it's a dangerous game to go into a U.S. Senate hearing, swear under oath, and then lie. That's why you're going to see some people not show up, right? 
And so um, we we have to um, keep the faith in that process, in the legislative side, and keep an eye on Trump today. Um, fingers crossed, prayers that he is able to do something with th- this today since it is the deadline. I don't know if he has to, but I'm real curious to see what happens in a little over an hour and a half when he has that meeting with the acting secretary of defense because it's no it's no small thing that the defense department has now officially today canceled all transition meetings with the Biden team that's a big deal big big deal maybe even enough for the mainstream media to take notice they don't like talking about this stuff because it indicates there's something more that needs to be investigated and like a lot of these judges they don't want to look into it they don't want to know the truth or at least confirm what they already know and are not sharing with you. That's what real journalism would be, is actually share the facts regardless of where it takes them. It's dead. It used to be called the fourth branch of government. It's dead. We lost it, right? We lost them all. There is no press. No press will challenge Joe Biden. There will be nothing. Biden, if he's inaugurated, don't expect some special counsel to be able to wage a one-man war against Joe Biden and expose him. It won't happen. They won't let it happen. Biden won't. They'll have a stick up his ass. He will be puppeted to destroy it. He might even fire the special counsel and say, go ahead and dare dare a Republican Congress, if one ever comes to power again, to impeach him. They don't care. So keep that in mind. When we talk about fighting for Trump, it's time to start examining what you mean by fighting and what you're willing to do and what you're willing to support because they're taking it to us. We're on the ropes. We've not landed really any big punches like I talked about a couple weeks ago. We've certainly not knocked them down, in my opinion. If Trump triggers that executive order, we're going to start landing blows. We'll start landing blows. So keep, keep the faith. I'm sorry it's taken me a couple days to get back. I will, I will watch the news. If anything big happens, I will come back on. And I appreciate, again, your support. Things will become more and more frequent for me as my schedule opens up here after the holidays, but I'll stay with it as best I can. And thanks for the comments on, on Podbean and other, um, other apps where you hear my podcast. I really appreciate the, the sharing and everything. And uh, my email, if you want to share direct with me, is EIPNET1776. That's EIPNET1776 at gmail.com. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And we will talk to you very, very soon. <laughs>